look, I'm not saying it's as big as yours, but it's nothing to sneeze at either. Okay, I mean, I got it right here. You can take oh. a look at it if you want. All right, it, we're going to okay, show me, it. Want me to take it take out? It out. Take show, it out. Okay, show go. it on the Transmit podcast. Yeah, see this right there. It's, it's pretty hold it up hold it up uh, higher there for like right there so vertic vertically yeah, yeah like, vertically all the way up here's mine uh, look i'm not saying okay yes yours is, is sizable but look at that. yeah it's, okay, all right yes, it's you know what you know what <laughs> just really you know think what? <laughs> oh what the no 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 you don't get to okay that's okay, well, okay. i think i win Okay, this, I got the biggest one. For everyone listening on the audio version, th th this was, they were burritos. Not anything uncouth or... Right. You know. Welcome to the Transmit Podcast. I'm Spike. I'm Victor. I'm Samantha. Wow. And we, we, got some, we got some fun stuff for you today. We're continuing um, accidental Quentin Tarantino month. Uh, where we got burritos here that we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna cut mine in half because yeah. like there's no freaking yeah. way. Sam prefers her burritos cut. Uh, I'm more of a fan of uncut myself. Yes, but, Spike is uncut. But uh, <laughs> preference. But for say, his don't, burritos. Don't, don't say that so definitively, please. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate, but also that. Oh it says, no! I didn't need to know any of that. Would you like to cut yours? Yeah, I'm also cut. So. That I know because we went to high school together. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is happening. It's here. actually uh, m my penis is very similar in appearance to James Woods's penis. What? Oh yeah, J the James Woods Penis Aficionado Club. We we know. I feel like I should have cut this smaller. Listen, we we all have that complaint about burritos. You want to cut yours? Uh yeah yeah let me. That's actually I'm gonna get your. Your burritos goo off the knife first, because this is going to contaminate. Ooh, this is good salsa. There we go. Let me get that. All right, so um, I got the. So we went to a place called Sayulitas. I got something called the Super Burrito, which apparently, if it's the Super Burrito, it should be shouldn't be smaller than the Veggie Burrito. That right, that's Samantha got. <laughs> well, okay, so I got the Veggie Burrito Quesadilla Double Wrap. This place is known for doing Quesadilla Double Wrap burritos. Um, their biggest burritos that they usually do, or is it, they have like their specialty burritos, or is it, is it right here? Yeah. Um, so where is it? There's like, there's something called like the, the Mecca, the... I feel like we're being so Californian right now. Right, we're eating burritos. By eating burritos. Yeah, this is the... <laughs> This is the most California thing you could do besides like surfing. <laughs> or I so guess saying no, yeah, yeah to something. Yeah, no. Yeah, Eating no. a burrito from like one of our millions of burrito. taco shops that we all swear by. <laughs> uh, excuse me, burrito shop. Burrito shop. Sorry, the hole in the wall, but and not like not like a restaurant, like a hole in the wall place. So they have quite a few actual locations. Um, they started in Mir Mesa. It was actually started by um, a Filipino guy and his Mexican wife, um, and so they've they've done a couple of like fusion burritos. So they have something called the spam salug burrito, which has like spam and eggs and a couple of other things. Tell me, they've done some sort of lumpia thing. Yes, they actually one of their burritos 
has it's one of their whoa you're dripping stuff everywhere um listen you whip out the burritos there's gonna be some drippage one of their burritos has lumpia inside and it's Uh, one of the double wrapped mm. i wanted to try it but i just haven't i don't know once you get something you know you like (laughs) it's risky you know imagine that something that big filled with lumpia oh my god i think i i (laughs) I could die after that so like i got the um i got the carnitas burrito with uh it's got guac and some and some uh salsa in there it's pretty good actually i really like it that sounds good it's probably the most standard one of the yeah. three that we got. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, when you're trying someplace new, go standard, play it safe. And then once you know the place is quality, you can branch out. Uh, this is pretty good. They have pretty good carne asada here, actually, though. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> that, yeah. See, that, that can be risky, surprisingly. Mm. We've had bread carne. Yeah, it's either it can be dry or and crumbly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be stringy, like you need, I like it to be kind of like chunky, like roughly the size of dog chow. Oddly enough, you know, that's just that's just how I like it. Strips are okay, but then you know, once you're eating a burrito, you can you might be pulling strips of burrito <laughs> out of there along with like you know ingredients. So you need a more granular form of food, so that way it doesn't you. You don't like yank it apart as you eat. There's a whole logic to this. This is really really satisfying. Yes, and also, (laughs) I got the Hecho in Mexico, Medio Litro. And that was was a good choice. I knew once I saw it was like $2.30, I was like, oh, that's that's the big one. Or they're about to screw me on a regular bottle of Mexico. That looks cool. Oh, yeah. It's a cool bottle. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, for some reason, American Mexico uh, Coke can't make this. So, <laughs> yeah, they use they don't use real sugar. Yeah, the, the Mexico use, yeah use cane sugar, which you can taste the difference. Let me tell you. Anyway. You remember when we did that taste test? Yeah. And Victor, Anthony, could not tell the difference, but you and I could spot on tell the difference almost immediately. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were like, oh no, this is way more satisfying. It's like Mexican Coke. Like to, so to, ed, to our weird to our one listener in like Uganda or wherever, <laughs> like yeah, import some Mexican Coke, the Hecho in Mexico. You won't be disappointed unless you're like I don't know diabetic. I guess maybe then you will be. So what's our next uh, yeah, what's, what's, topic <clears throat> of conversation? Oh yeah, I've been playing this uh, small this a little indie game on um on my Switch called uh, Door Kickers Action Squad. Apparently, it's a sequel to a much more strategy-based SWAT game. So he, he, here's a bit of a, of a video that gives you the feel for it. One and up now. <clears throat> I need a fork. I'll be right back. I'm going to play this. Okay. So it's a 2D game. Oh, it's like 8-bit, kind of yep. 16-bit type Yeah, it's a 16-bit. Bloody is all get out. On the scene. That's pretty fun. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a ton of fun. The Switch has got a lot of cool games like this, doesn't it? Oh yeah, because they have to because like they don't have like as many major publishers. So they're gonna have a whole bunch of people um, doing this sort of stuff. 
It looks like that other game that you were playing. There's like another game that had the same kind of graphics and it was like synth wavy. Oh, we're we talking um, Enter the Gungeon? It was like a samurai. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, something Sword X. What was that samurai game you played? I have no clue. Okay, well, here. Um, and like he was able to like go through time or freeze time or something? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and reverse it. Okay, so here. I'll do the next one and we'll, I'll turn, we'll turn the volume down on it. So I can tell you. I'll I can just mute it. Yeah, just mute it. So, um, I I've been only playing single player because I at first I, it just looked fun to me. I thought you could only do a local um, multiplayer, but apparently you can go online and do it. So I got I got to do that. But you know, yeah, you, you go through with like different guys. Uh, there's like shotgun guy, FBI chick, recon guy, and all all sorts of different like uh, different classes and. Um, some of them are like ball breakingly hard. Like the FBI agent is just a chick with a gun, and so it's like she she has a more tough time with like tougher enemies. But if you get like the breacher, he's got a shotgun. He can just waste people. But you have hostages, and that'll like you'll catch them in the crossfire. So you got to make a lot of choices based on the level, based on you know what you like to do. And uh, I I've been having a ton of fun with this game. So I, I'm thinking. Um, I gotta go online and see what this game is like, but I can really recommend uh, Door Kicker's Action Squad because it's just yeah, it's ludicrous and fun. So the, just a side scroller, yeah. Yeah, side scroller shooty game, and it's just you keep trying. I like this bit where he this guy keeps screwing up. He's going in there and he's just not <laughs> not freaking helping. God damn it! Door kickers. Realistic. I like how they they. Ridiculous, because the original version is like a top-down, <laughs> like um, hmm. tactical game. So it's uh, and then I saw this, I was like, oh no, I want, I want the, I want the stupid one. Give me, give me the stupid game. So that that that's been my some of my off time when I haven't been working on my other podcast or this. <clears throat> you know what we should do? What? You know how we do like a monthly uh, movie review? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we should have a video game month. Ooh, that'd be great. We all play. A video game. I don't know. We, we'll play like we all play for like a couple hours or something. Mm-hmm. Two or three hours. I was about to say, you're like the last person to play video games lately, right? Yeah, I'm not into video games. If I have to do it for the podcast, though, I'll I'll You'll sacrifice. Fall. You'll fall my on time the sword. To, yeah, I'll play a video game. I'm still just disappointed that no one can pick up a PS5 unless they're going to throw down a thousand dollars, right? And that burrito really came apart. It looks really good, though. It looks like something that you might get at, like, Pico or Casa de Pico. Yeah, it, it looks like now it's looking like a taco salad now. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it, it is fine. I was just like, what? What's it's going? delicious. It, oh, yeah. It's like the, the wrapping is is more for convenience. But once you have a plate, you really don't need the wrapping as much. All right. So let's. Uh, for portability. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I like burritos mostly because I used to work uh, in driving. Now I work at a bakery. So I. I it's something I could eat and drive. Well, speaking of, um, you know, burritos, which are things that, you know, depending on your your gastrointestinal fortitude, can make you too. Apparently, some dude, zoom in, because he did not have the proper distribution permit, was arrested for selling his farts in jars. Yeah, listen. I, I don't agree that he needs a distribution license. If you want to sell your farts in jars, I think you should be able to sell your farts in jars. 
But let's see. Uh, each jug contained approximately 30% fart and 70% air, which I think is the industry standard <laughs> for farts and jars. Having, having, uh, um, but <clears throat> somebody measured this is what's interesting to me. It's called, it's called quality <laughs> control, Sam. Uh, Listen, uh, our, each one of our podcasts is 10% entertainment, uh, 90% bullshit. And listen, that's industry standard for podcasts as well. So <laughs> these offering to flagellate from, uh, from various types of food and various <laughs> with various ages with around 150 containers. He's offering flatulates, flatulates. That's the, okay, you know what? That, that's the technical term. As old as one week, you have to age them properly. Like a, like a fine wine. And said, "Please said, said the policeman Gary Cockburn. Oh, god damn it! Of course, the policeman's name was Cockburn. Gary Cockburn. God, can you imagine that guy? Like, first of all, let's let's talk about the policeman for a minute. <laughs> okay, I got something. What's that? Well, Gary Cockburn, he's a policeman whose specialty is in um, comedic crimes. <laughs> so he'll only be involved in comedic crimes. Like, oh yeah, it's like someone's putting farts in jars. Got the perfect man for the job." So yeah, he, Gary Cockburn. He rides up on a motorcycle, <laughs> and then he falls off. Ah! <laughs> it's like, oh hey, um, listen, a whole bunch of clowns uh, got into a slip and slide accident, and uh, we, we need to just to investigate for negligence. Get Cockburn on the case. <clears throat> Obviously, whoever wrote this article just was having a little too much fun, and I don't know if like they have all of their information correct because. Well, they say he was offering nearly 90 jugs for each day. Many individuals are frantic in light of the fact that now they can't have their sweet, delightful farts. <laughs> yeah, he, You he, know, this journalism, I... Listen, journalism in this country has gone downhill. This sort oh, of editorializing, man. I expect more from the iHeartRadio um, fart-based... Uh, is this the fart column? Do you think they have like a, a fart, like they have a sports department and a, they have a... I hope so. Or just, just, just I really hope so. General scatological department. You know. They stuff them down in the basement. With the internet, our world is so weird. I mean, I remember when, I, when we were kids watching like TV in the 80s and 90s, mm -hmm. you'd see commercials for things of, for products of things that people actually wanted. Right. <laughs> products. The commercials for products that people actually wanted. Mm -hmm. But now people are buying like farts in jars and stuff. It's like. Right, and this isn't even from a like a hot chick. Like, <laughs> Belle Delphine sold her bath water, and she's hot. Like this dude, you don't have a picture. Like it could be some. Maybe he is hot. I, maybe, but don't I don't know. I'd like to know more about this. I think it might be in one of those situations where he's kind of like dumb. He doesn't know. He sees like a lots of like he sees Belle Delphine and like all these like OnlyFans chicks like yeah. selling like farts and weird stuff. He's uh, like, I could do that too. Watch. Yeah. Watch, he's just he's like, and he did apparently. <laughs> he apparently did. Hey, how, how do you how do you say that in prison? Like, uh, so it's like he gets in there, it's like, uh, so what are you in for? They call me Knifey Joe. Okay, what are you in for? Knifing people. Oh, what are you in for? I killed a cop. Oh wow! Like you, you can't say to your cellmate, uh, I got busted for selling farts in jars illegally. They'd be like, "Oh, I understand." Oh, so we're, you're, we live you're, in one of those modern days, modern society, and like people have to make money any way they can. You know, with, the, with the economy the way it is, oh, this yeah. man is not going to go to actual prison. <clears throat> I like I the know. idea of him going to, to like literal federal, like hardcore prison, and then he's like, "Listen, I fully understand. You, you got to make a living, but that being said, we're we're going to have sex with your butt now." Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. 
Like you, well, come on. Like who 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 is most likely to, to be the bitch in prison? Like the guy who murdered somebody or the guy who illegally sold farts? And you know, this isn't a great segue into the next topic. Listen, the next guy is all about consent. <laughs> I I guarantee you. It's true. Like he would not. He listen. He would wine you, dine you, and tell extol the virtues 69. of America 69. and sixty nine years later. <clears throat> You know what? I hate the both of you. We have, as you call him, new Captain America, or as many will call him, gay Captain America. <clears throat> so the, his character, his new character is Aaron Fisher. He's the, the captain. captain America of the railways. Damn it, A.A. Ron. Okay. Uh, so they've kind of, like, they haven't, re- I don't remember what when they said that April or May, I think, is when his premiere comes out. Um, but they're, you know, it's the first look at the first non-heterosexual Captain America. Well, the, the first openly gay, cause he, there could be a, there could Fair. be a closeted gay. Well, yeah, you, you never know. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's looking pretty good. Um, he's tatted up. He's got... A flag on his shoulder. He's got was that the Avengers insignia? The Avenger, yeah, in that universe. I I just wish he it's didn't. An A with horns. Yeah, I just wish he didn't look like he was gonna deliver like party drugs to me. Wow. He looks he looks kind of like a. He's got look. He's got the hobo ascot. actually <laughs> though now. Maybe oh, now that you say of the railways, I can see that too. <laughs> he just looks like a homeless kid. He looks like a homeless kid, like who has to deliver party drugs to make ends meet. That he is looks kind ridiculous. of ridiculous. He that might be his story. You know, we don't know what he does. Oh yeah, when delivering, we don't know what his secret identity is. Yeah, mild-mannered Aaron Fisher. Some stereotyping coming out of somebody's mouth. When when delivering some ecstasy, he accidentally was exposed to an experimental blend, which gave him super strength. No, okay, that could be Sam Wilson. Doesn't have super serum. Oh, he's he's just some dude. Yeah, I got. And he was he was Captain America. Wait, Sam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Falcon. Oh yeah, Falcon. Wait, no, he has well, a rocket pack. His superpower is he he knows how to. Mm, he yeah, can but fly. he's he he's he doesn't he wasn't <laughs> imbued with super serum, super soldier serum. I I think he should be. Like, if you're gonna be Captain, I America, mean, he should be. Like, I vote that if he is interested, absolutely. Yeah. But like, the Falcon does not have. He's not a super soldier, so he would be OP, I guess, in the new because you know, like he he can already fly <clears throat> with the thing, and then he gets the shield. I, I can see how they don't want to do like a Superman thing. You know what would be cool? If this new Captain America ended up oh. like in a, like he looks kind of like very street level kind of superhero. Yeah, yeah. He's like, the, he's like the. I mean, honestly, I buy this Captain America more than, I don't necessarily want to do any spoilers, but more than the one we saw in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm, oh, yeah. Like, um, that'd be cool if like he ended up in like, as Marvel typically does. He like ends up in another universe or like he ends up like going into space or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I he has like, to fight like the silver surfer or something. Cause now that I look more closely at the, at the shield, it, it's, it's, a, yeah, he kind of fashioned that at a he spray painted it. Yeah. Well, okay. So he found some vibranium and then spray painted it. But yeah, uh, look at, you see it's dripping right there. Yeah, it's dripping. Yeah. So the, there, there was some makeshiftness there. I, I'm, I'm, it might be able to block bullets, but again, I, I now he's the the of the railways. There's gonna be a real rags to riches story, I think. Yeah, he's gonna go live with Tony Stark. 
Yeah, Tony Stark. Oh, and then you can ship them. People will ship oh, yeah. Tony Stark. Gonna, we're going to ship you. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be. <laughs> this, the new this Aaron is, Fisher, mm, Captain America. This is my, this is my protege. Like, Come live with me in I'm my gonna, Stark I'm Tower. Gonna, I'm a rich man. And I'm going to vote. <laughs> and you're just a poor boy. <laughs> my vote is for Capt- Aaron Fisher, Captain America, to hook up with Tom Holland's version of Peter Parker. Oh, there you go. I think that that would be a beautiful connection. Who's the top? That's none of your business. <laughs> as long as we're shipping here. No, you don't. You, you, don't, you are shipping. You don't get to know. Oh, uh, listen. I'm gonna say uh, this guy. Would I be mean, a, let's um, just say. Let's just let's let's just say. Maybe they're both verse. You don't know. It's obvious. No and wink at the camera, and then leave it at that. No way. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it Sp- obvious? Spider-Man would be at the bottom of that. He, he's the one that life's always beating him down. Well, it should be obvious to anybody. Yeah, it's who obvious. it really is. It's it's obviously Spider-Man's the bottom. <laughs> Maybe a power bottom. It's obvious that it's none of your goddamn business. Okay, listen, this is this is fictitious shit. Don't it doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. No. Yeah. So anyway, it apparently, is getting a little crude there, though. Apparently, s- now. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> apparently, uh, Spike is a fan of bats. Oh yeah, they're awesome. S- shifting from Marvel to DC. Yeah, I just uh, saw uh, they did the true facts thing. The guy did um. He did. He talked about bats, and then he uh, plugged this guy's uh, bat charity. And the cool thing about this guy is he doesn't like just go in and start yelling at people. He'll he'll go into a place where they're having bad issues and like make friends with everybody and solve their issues like through their diplomacy. bat issues. Yeah, they, well, because bats. Are so very, this is a man who deals with bats. Yes, and he 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 will like <laughs> yeah he'll go out there and deal with bat issues. He's not afraid of them. He's not afraid of them. No. So he but works he with bats, and he's also a man. So he's a. Hmm. I don't. I don't understand where you're going with this. <laughs> I don't know what you're. Um, I don't know. All right, that's his, all I had. That's my his, only questions. His whole is his whole persona based around this like obsession with bats. This is his like main thing. He's like um. He's educated. Like uh, I forget if he's a bio. He's some sort of biologist. I feel like there should be a name for this job. I just can't think of what is. I don't know. Like, I think that it's called <laughs> conservationist. You dick. But no. Um. Because <laughs> bats are really useful, they eat, they eat a lot of bugs. They're guanos. Like he helped like some um, Buddhist guys like help sell guano. To, he kept poachers from from uh, killing them off, so that the Buddhist monks could sell their bat poop for the farmers, and they could keep making money. Bat guano can conservationist. So look, there's two ways you can talk about um, bat excrement. One, guano, which has use, and two, bat, uh, shit. bat shit, which means you're nuts. Or the situation <laughs> is insane. <laughs> so uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't let myself see that one coming, and I'm very tickled by that. Yeah, bad shit. <clears throat> they're so cute, even with their giant little teeth. Yeah, even, they look like little demons. They yeah. are, and right? I love them, but even, they're angels. Even when they're ugly, they're kind of cute. It's How weird. dare you? <laughs> look at him. Yeah, see that one? Yeah, he's he got a little face. He's so adorable. Uh, so yeah, um, I love them. Bats, bats are useful. <gasps> oh, look at that one. That's like a fruit bat, I think. Minor, yeah, fruit bat. I knew it. Like those, are, that's like the looks, classic looks one. It's kind of like a dog, right? Flies. I love apparently, they're not rodents. I look at him. He's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. Uh, he's coming for. You. Yeah, apparently they're not rodents. I don't know what they are. Mammals. Well, they're mammals, but what? What? <gasps> look, he's yeah, I, I get that they're mammals. But like, what? What are they closely related? I think they're like closely related to like. Um, oh my god! Look, look! It's in his mouth. Look uh-huh. how big his mouth is. God, that's some good photography. Oh my god! Look at it. It is looks it, like a chipmunk. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, he's eating ripe figs. Oh, 
Nice. Maybe, um, maybe it's a she, but okay, well, beautiful. Let's swallow it down. I love, I love them. Does it have it? It's got a baby. It's carrying its baby. Yeah, this is this is disturbing. <sighs> this is making me so happy. They are adorable. Look, he's like, he's all nestled in there and he's like flying around. Oh, God, these are some great pictures. Go to, to his mom. Go, go to, what is that? Smugmug.com. What? Well, that's the, the the website. Okay, what's what's the website where, where that Merlin so Turtle? It's MerlinTuttle.smugmug.com. Yeah. And just watch, like, there's a whole bunch of cute bat pictures and, like, you can, like, help this guy save bats. Or just go to Merlin Tuttle. Dot org. That's M-E-R-L-I-N-T-U-T-T-L-E dot org. Yeah, got, and help, help the man up. save some bats. If, you, if you're into bats, if you're into either the men or the, the small flying mammals, which are not rodents apparently, um, go for it. I just, I just want to know what family or genus they're in. I don't need to know. Like, I, I know they're mammals. Um, they're Epomophorus. <laughs> okay, what else is in that fracking phylum or whatever? Uh, uh, That's what I, I want. They're rodents. They're probably rodents. Apparently, they're not. Okay, here let's have, uh, type into the into the computing box. Are bats rodents? Let's 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 put this one to bed. Does belong to? Which group of animals do bats? Yeah, there we go. That's 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 probably order Chiroptera. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Not even remotely related to mice or bats. Rats. Which is second only to the order Rodentia or the rodent order. So they're rodents. If the bands were classified together, that would make up about half of all okay, mammal what, species. What animals are bats related to then? If they're not related to uh, apparently rodents, which are not mice. So they're from different orders. Different orders. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> suborders Megachiroptera, which are the old world fruit bats, and Microchiroptera, small bats found worldwide. Close. Aren't really know they're related to, but classification. So, okay. wait, wait, no, so <sighs> if bats aren't related to rodents, what are they related to? Bat classification is oh, moving the okay compli- complicated because bats it, tiny, delicate. <laughs> well, you speak very convolutedly i was reading the tiny delicate bones make for poor fossils it used to be thought bats were actually closely related to primates including humans but recent genome analysis has classified them in a super order that includes animals such as pangolins and whales oh that's the thing that um that we think the the covid virus came from right yeah yeah pangolin so we so there we go so it's kind of like an uh like an armadillo or an anteater or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that the one that uh, Randy Marsh banged in that COVID special? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a great episode. <laughs> no, I think it was actually a bat, though. No, they banged both. A bat and a pangolin? And a pangolin. <laughs> he kept <laughs> going back into, into his like mind and seeing <laughs> new <laughs> things he had said. But really? They, <laughs> uh, yes, it was awesome. They're the, second, <laughs> they're the second largest order of mammals after rodents. Okay, there we go. So there's like a lot of them. Yeah, bats are really useful and um, they're really adorable. Okay, I have to look at a pangolin. Can you just Google pangolin? Now? Yeah, we, we need to see a pangolin. Oh, wait, that kind of shows. Let's look at that. That shows where they're related to, kind of. Bat, oh, there's the pangolin. Uh, wait, there's the pangolin right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click on, click on pangolin down. Yeah, there. Let's see what that. But it's like above them. See, it looks still, like a, he still wants to see it. He wants yeah, to see I'm, it. Yeah, well, that's enough. Yeah, let's see it. It's like, it's like, it's an armadillo. Yeah. It's not a normal. It looks like something like an animal you'd play as in like a in like a low end video game. <coughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that's that. Or, or like the or like the 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 sassy friend of or the the animal friend of like the princess in a Disney movie. Or it looks like when uh, in Sonic the Hedgehog games when they're running out of like you know animals to make them. Oh yeah, like, they go they the they pangolin. Go, it's not first tier, you know. This is like, Peter Pangolin. Peter Pangolin. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Petey Pangolin. So apparently, whole genome comparison found that the pangolin and human coronaviruses share only up to ninety two percent of their RNA. Uh, an ecologist worried that the early speculation about pangolins being the source may have led to mass slaughters endangering the animals further. So no similar one fucked a pangolin? What, similar to what happened to Asian palm civets during the SARS outbreak. And oh my God. So, so who had sex with one then? Nobody, apparently. Oh, nobody? Well, that that caused <laughs> That's Okay, there we go. Look, humans <laughs> do some really weird shit, and oh. it has nothing to do... With their ethnicity, it just has to do with humans being well, really fucking weird. We're really horny, okay? Listen, we gotta find a place to put it. And <clears> instead <throat> of just using our hands, apparently we put it into animals. Listen, <laughs> you, you can only use your hands so many weeks in a row. Trust me, I, I, I from experience. There's well, that one video of that. They make, they make, they make um, fake things for you to use instead. No, it's way cheaper if you get a melon. Oh, you shouldn't have eaten that melon, by the way, that I left out. Oh, that's why it had that like hole cut yeah, out. Yeah, I, I thought it, you just like the. I just thought you just like to like cut out holes in the center of your melons. Yeah, for the juice. No, no. So you, what you do is you cut the hole and then you put it in the oven for like five minutes. Oh, it's a. It, let me tell you, it's a great time. I suggest ten out of ten would recommend. All right. Um, so we watched Reservoir Dogs this week. Yes. Because <clears throat> I don't want to continue talking about this any further. What melon coitus? <laughs> Sounds like an emotion. I'm feeling melancholic today. Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Who cares? Nice. That's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool sounding name. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Hey, look at this scene. Reminiscent of a film. Oh, yeah, which we're going to talk about later. What happens if the manager won't give you the diamonds? Cut off one of his fingers. The little one. <laughs> oh, that's great. There's his favorite like scene. If they hadn't done what I told them not to do, they'd still be alive. Ah, See, it's funny how everyone's got these like kind of like Eastern accents, right? Which is New York kind of. But they're all in LA. Yeah, I know. Nope, I bumped it. You bumped the thing. I'm not Sorry. Like a professional. That's an iconic scene there. <laughs> This scene right there, right super here. iconic. Yeah, I saw this when I was really young, and I it kind of ruined me that scene. Oh yeah, the cutting the ear off. It wasn't as bad as I remember it. Right, watching it again. Um, but I really did not like looking inside of this dude's ear. Oh yeah, that was like that was some pretty good effects there. Chris Penn. I think I feel like there'd be more blood squirting out of that. Michael Madsen. I also feel like that that wasn't even like what the inside of someone's ear looks like. Probably not, but still, the effect was was convincing enough, you know. All right. Um. <clears throat> so I just I just want to put this out here. Um, this, this is the one Tarantino film I've seen that just, it just didn't do it for me. So I, I had a lot of trouble watching it and enjoying it. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed the performances by actors that I liked. So Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Chris Penn, Michael Madsen, Steve Buscemi. I just, 
I, it just I, didn't do it. For, I mean, you've got Tarantino, like, regulars, like Michael Madsen, who's, like, his, I don't know, his, his male muse. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally in, like, every single Tarantino film. Probably with the exception of Django. He wasn't in that, was he? No. no um, oh, I don't know. <clears throat> and then and then it was really nice to see Chris Penn, you know, who died, but apparently neither of you realized that. Um, and then Tim Roth is, I think, like a really underused actor. Um, and he he was fan fan freaking tastic. Oh yeah. But this this movie just I, I'm, I wasn't moved. Well, I, I, I like the thing. I like, I like that the, all the, all the, the, my favorite part is the performances in this. It's like, it's very good storytelling, mm-hmm. I think, but realistically, the, I think the performances are like the strongest part of this, especially, like, talk about like the opening scene. I think it really fits in the theme, theme of what we've been talking about here. Yeah. Our opening, our opening bit for this podcast was about, uh, was a dick joke. And the very first scene in this is like is uh is, is the director Quentin Tarantino talking about like a virgin. It's about a big dick. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what? Okay, so I got a story about this scene. Oh, okay. Okay. I saw this back in uh, high school, and I that was my favorite scene actually in Reservoir Dogs was the opening uh, dinner scene or breakfast breakfast scene, and so I actually wrote down every line. Of that scene, it's really good. What? Yeah, I wrote down the whole entire scene. I can, I can understand that. Well, up to the tipping part, from the beginning up to the tipping part, I didn't write down any of the other stuff. What? Do you still have this compilation of of what well, dialogue somewhere? I, I hope not, because you could probably just print it out now. There's probably, I, yeah, you could probably well, just print out the script I'm, at this point. I'm just curious if it's still floating around. I could somewhere. be. I wrote it in one of my art books. I really wanted to, because I really wanted to tell the um, like a virgin story to someone, oh, just yeah. the way that Quentin Tarantino. Told he does it. a good job of doing it. Yeah, well, he did a really good job of it. So yeah, and so this scene like it really gives you like a kind of a feeling of uh, what everyone's character is, like how yeah. how they'll act in a situation. You kind of get a feel for like uh, who is it, um, uh, Michael Madsen. He like he wasn't in Django, but he was in like the next movie he made. Um, um, the Pulp Fiction? No, no, the next one after Hateful Eight. Eight, the Hateful Eight. He was one of the back in that, but um, he yeah, you can tell he's just Hateful like Hateful Eight is a recent film. What are you talking about? No, no, I mean after Django. Yeah. You, you said he wasn't oh, in Django. Oh. Like the next one okay. after that, he wasn't. Um, but no, um, you can tell he's like kind of a laid back kind of cool dude, and um, you can tell Harvey Keitel is like uh, he, he's more jovial, but he is also a cool customer, and he's sitting there like, man, if you shoot me in a dream and you wake up, you better like apologize to me. Yeah. He seems the most kind of. I feel uh, like I feel like that's something you would say to me. Like you shot me in my dream. You need to apologize. Yeah, except yeah, you would you would say it a, yeah more like that, like kind kind of whiny. He said it like yeah, like yeah, 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 don't mess with me. He said it in like a real like macho way. Yeah, Harvey Keitel's character. I feel like he's almost like kind of like a like a father figure almost. Oh yes, well especially to um, was it Freddie? Uh, he's Mr. the most orange. Yeah, he's the most even keel. Yeah, he's a men kind of a mentor personality yeah like steve buscemi is kind of a scumbag he doesn't tip uh was it a mr white or no mr blonde or uh was it uh, uh, michael madsen he's a sociopath um yeah the kid he's he's kind of a dumb kid even though he's an undercover cop yeah harvey keitel's character is kind of like of all of the terrible you know examples criminals yeah he's kind of like the best of them yeah he's (laughs) He's kind of got the most honor and principle of them all 
you know? Yeah, he's saying like, and even then he's sitting there like, you know, when they're talking about, he's like talking to um, uh, Mr. Orange about like the, the undercover cop about how to rob this place. He's like, oh yeah, if the manager doesn't give what you want, cut off his little finger. Tell him the thumbs next. Uh, after that, I'll tell you if he wears women's underwear. Like, yeah. you see like, oh yeah. And later on when they're talking about making their getaways, like, oh yeah, uh, choosing between doing five, 10 years and shooting someone in your way, there's no choice at all. Like, he will do violence to you, but like there's a code and you really get a, a, a sense for that code of ethics mm-hmm. in there. Like Steve Buscemi sitting there like, uh, did you shoot anyone? It's like, yeah, cops. Any real people? No, just cops. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that scene where I feel like he's the type of guy that would, if you don't get in the way, he's not going to do anything to you. Right. Right. Even, even like there's a scene like a uh, Mr. Blonde, we find out early on shot up everybody in the yeah, bank. He, he went all nuts. the tellers and he couldn't Harvey Keitel's character couldn't comprehend this because they had everything they needed and they, all they had to do was leave. But he shot them because they rang the bell. Yeah. Harvey Keitel would have let that go. His character, Mr. White. Right. Just been like, oh, whatever. I think Steve Buscemi would have shot the one guy who like hit the alarm <laughs> and then he would have ran. <laughs> yeah. I think there's that's that flow. But like, no, no, like a uh, Mr. Blonde, he will just like massacre everyone and then like kidnap a cop on the way out. To burn alive. So that makes me think that Mr. B- Blonde is actually the character that you play <laughs> in the game. <laughs> yes, he's, he's the one. He's the main character of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, where you're playing Fallout and you get to the first town, you just murder everyone because why not? <laughs> I'm calling you out, gamers. Game, yeah, you're, you're Mr. Blonde. You're all sociopaths. <laughs> Unless you're playing Call of Duty, in which case you're like the best ever. Yeah. Patriotic. Um, <laughs> what was... Uh, what else did we want to bring up? Well, let's take a look at the well, list. Yeah, Chris, then. racist. Since we're talking about characters. Like racist Steve Buscemi. Because let me tell you, they, they drop N-bombs left and right. Yeah, it's, there's three major scenes. And it's mostly these people, you don't want to act like them. And we're right. Yeah, they're... <laughs> Yeah, they're because uh, you're not supposed to like like really relate to them. You're supposed to understand them and maybe sympathize for some of them because they really humanize them. But there's no illusion that these people are good people. Yeah, no, they they make them bad. Um, you want there to be a character that you kind of like, and then that's I think that's uh, Mr. Orange. That's uh, yeah, he's the undercover cop. When you find out he's the undercover cop, uh, what's his name? Tim Roth. Yeah, I think yeah, so. it's Tim Roth. And I I do like that like when. When they and they show that he is the undercover cop and like they show that amusing the uh, the what the the bathroom anecdote, yeah. And they show him like this cool progression of him like reading it in his room, then like rehe- like rehearsing it with uh, his handler, and then eventually he's telling it to these other mobsters. I think uh, Mister the the old guy Joe, uh, Mister White, and um, nice guy Joe Penn or nice guy nice guy what's the Nice guy, Freddy. Or nice something? guy, Freddy. And then it transitions to he's telling it so well that you can see like the scene he's painting, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good. That was a good scene. That was some good filmmaking by Quentin Tarantino too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, some of these characters, they didn't were unnecessarily because it wasn't really about that. They were yeah. kind of unnecessarily racist. Yeah, they, they. But like, I guess if you're trying to like completely flesh out these characters. Like of who these people are, maybe it was necessary in the eyes of the director, but yeah, they, these were these guys who grew up in like the '60s and '70s because some of these guys were already old when this movie was made. So like yeah. these people, like they're and also they're like Italian style mobsters. And you mentioned that that they all have like 
like New York style accents yeah. in, in LA. Yeah. Like, hey, forget about it. We got people everywhere. Now let's go get a taco at the taco place. <laughs> yeah. Forget about it. <clears throat> let's go surfing. So, yeah. Did so, we want to talk about... Let me see. Here. <clears throat> Just like kind of a nice little um, aside. Yeah. You know, one of those sort of... Um, to people that are are just gone too soon like chris farley kind of said that they're gone yeah um and not just because they were both big gentlemen um but chris penn died at the age of 40 ah. due to non-specific cardiomyopathy which is heart disease yeah um that was in 2006 so <clears throat> um you know d- fantastic actor just Oh yeah, he was good in this too. He was he was fantastic. I I, I love that bit when when um Mr. Uh, Blonde gets uh, like he's just getting this is on the yeah. show you like he gets out of prison, and he's like hanging out with the with the with the Joe and and this guy and he's showing like he took he he took a rap for him he took like a what like five ten years yeah. in prison and so they're setting him up with like a fake job so he can get out of the halfway house that'll let him like skate by giving him money that he doesn't have to work to get getting him back into crime. And he like these. There's a lot of love between these people. And yeah, the, and it's something that uh, the audience sees, but Mr. Orange, yeah, the, the main, the the kind of the main, the undercover cop, main character of this, doesn't see any of this, doesn't yeah. know any of this. <laughs> yeah, and so when he says he when he shoots Mr. Blonde when he's about to uh like set uh, another cop. cop on fire, like yeah. he first he cuts off his ear in that iconic like stuck in the middle with you scene yeah and i'll always think of oh, yeah. that scene every that, time that song comes on yeah like you can't not think yeah, about that song. if that's yeah if, that, if this song plays or that or hip to be square i, I start looking around like is someone gonna murder me <laughs> and uh so they so yeah he shoots him and then he's like no he said he was gonna kill you and run off with the diamonds oh you mean the guy who uh just took a 10-year rap for us and who we we set up who we have great love for that seems almost like uh a scene it feels like something from the simpsons or like some comedy skit right where it's like yeah he said he was gonna Mur- murder you from the what simpsons okay yeah it's like oh yeah he said he was gonna murder you it's like and they, they flash back to like him like just getting out of prison i do it again for you <laughs> you mean the guy that did 10 years for us the guy who we just gave a job to who we just got out of the halfway house who we're covering for with his parole officer that guy, the guy who's always good to us, <laughs> the guy who's carrying my kidney that I gave, I donated to him when he needs surgery. And Mr. Orange is like, yeah, yep. That's the guy. That's the, the, the guy who I, who loaned me money. The best man at my wedding. The best man at my wedding. The, guy the who, godfather of my child. I married his sister. <laughs> Are you telling me he was going to kill me and take the di- and he's like, yep, I'm saying that's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. That is what I'm, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. It's Did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you're right. I he believe played, you. Yeah, listen, he, play, he played us well. He played us all. <laughs> I, uh, we're looking at this, the scene where they're all walking out of the breakfast joint. Yeah. And realistically, as far as like people, like normally this is sort of walking scene that you do like when people are going to do a crime, but this is just them leaving breakfast all in suits and shit. 
Yeah, it does kind of seem conspicuous if you see right? like six dudes wearing suits. Yeah, and then one dude dressed literally like a mob guy in the back wearing a track suit jacket. <laughs> He's sitting there like, I think those guys are gonna do crime now. Yeah. Uh, but so, what did this? What did this remind you of? Okay, uh, yeah. I just before we go to what it reminds. It is a very cool scene, and oh, yeah. I think that's I think that's uh, what Tommy Wiseau was inspired by. He, this is like really well done, and it makes sense because like they're all have to dress like that. Yeah, so they're the these cr- crime guys, you know. They're all coming out of crime guys. <laughs> crime guys. Yeah, I, I think crime guys. I think that's what we need to call them. They're crime guys. They're crime guys. Like, well, like what else? We're gonna call them criminals. criminals? Nah, no, they're I, crime dudes. I like crime guys. Crime okay, guy, crime guys sounds like 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 an eighties era TV show. <laughs> this summer, crime guys is coming to NBC. And something about it just works, right? Yeah, something about it just works. But then, uh, was there another picture? I was just going to go in the room. He has the same brick wall in the back and they're playing football, but they're not wearing like suits. They're wearing tuxedos tuxedos because it's like for a wedding. Right. He liked the imagery, but he didn't know how to like put it. Yeah, we do have a brick wall in here. Wow. God. Wow. (laughs) Parking lot. Same deal. Right. So listen, we need to all listen. <clears throat> so the I mean the top is is the room, the bottom is disaster artist, how they recreated oh, yeah. it. But I was gonna um, say, this like, is the clearest photo that I could find. Yeah, so my my thing is like, hey, how And they we... weren't playing fucking football no, they reservoir dogs. They were walking cool. Yeah. With some cool means... music going on in the background, and they're all like walking to apparently one car they're all gonna pile into. <laughs> now uh, my thing is I think we should all get black suits and then just walk around. This could also this is could also be like uh, they also look like the Blues Brothers. They do, yeah. And the Men in Black. Yeah. So, like I'm saying, can we all get black suits and start walking around places? You know what? Victor I doesn't have... like white formal shirts. Honestly, yeah. No, I hate the white formal shirt. But for the purposes for this purpose for the if, like if I got a skinny tie. Oh yeah, skinny tie. Skinny oh. black tie with these white sh- suits. I might do it. I've thought about it like a couple times. Because white, white shirt, black suit. Just, just There's black. another guy, but not not the Reservoir Dogs, not the Blues Brothers, not the Men in Black. There's a fourth character in oh. our reality who dresses like this. What's that? He's a podcaster named Lex Friedman. Oh, oh God damn it! I was gonna say I, I like that Lex Friedman. Like I thought we'd be able to Lex get. Friedman. I thought we'd be able to get through one podcast without without like, a crypto. Nope, he's not a crypto guy. Okay, he's excuse a me. Without a fine finance, sort of finance. Or... look up Lex Friedman. Oh God. Was he dresses like a blues brother? It's like okay, like he's going to a funeral. So wait, wait, you you won't even it's like so you don't even want to have like one white shirt like in, in the rotation just in case. Oh yeah, look at that. that's pretty good. I like that. His um, tie's a little thick. Tie, yeah, I was about to say his tie is a little thick. You need thinner tie. Uh, d- Does he teach in jujitsu? Yeah, sweet. What's that? Yeah, down there. Yeah, he's training jits. I think he's, yeah. uh, is there belts in that? I think he's. Yeah, there's, he's a black belt. Holy shit. Yeah, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Good for him. His, uh, his I think face. That's, that's him going from brown, uh, no, it's brown, to, brown to black? Yeah, brown to black. Nice. Good for um, him. Yeah, that's when he was giving a speech. He's also a, a professor, uh, uh, wh- a PhD. Of kicking ass and taking names? Of Visit, AI. Oh. At, uh, from MIT. And in that speech that he was giving, his black belt speech, he's yeah. like, I'm, I've got a PhD in. Uh, artificial intelligence from MIT, and but I've learned more from you guys than I could ever learn <laughs> from well, the thing about, university. Well, the thing about um about like black belts in uh, jujitsu is if you're doing it at a good school, it they you can be called well technically they call you professor because it takes about the same amount of time to earn your black belt as it does to get a professorship. So like yeah. ten years. Yeah, it takes his, a yeah a long time. His face looks like that because he's Russian. 
Oh yeah, he's he's, he's, a, he's a very very Russian guy. Let me tell you, like uh, that's 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 the other thing. My sensei told me, like when you when you uh, competes overseas and they, the the Russians show up, they'll be looking at you. They'll be looking around like just stoic. But then if you wave to them, they'll be like, oh. no. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they, there's joy in there. They just don't like always like. Yeah, and also like, there's a reason why their um their authors have such melancholy words. Yeah. That's what that's <laughs> because they come from a desolate cold place. Wasteland. Yeah. That's that's what, that's like one of my favorite lines from Lord of War. It's like, you know, like the AK-47, their most popular and like a popular export, followed by like vodka, caviar and suicidal novelists. His his website's a little disappointing. It's a little, oh. and underwhelming. You you'd think a guy who's like into AI and stuff would like Put some money into like a Squarespace thing yeah, or something. Very like, what's that? Uh, what's that web design? Is that Squarespace? Squarespace. Yeah. It's very late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, it's uh, Spartan. I think is the term. Okay, so let me see here. Uh, what, what yeah, yeah, I think we're almost finished uh, reviewing this film. I think there's a couple more things that we wanted to get yeah, to. Yeah, let's see. Commode story. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, uh, like when Mister Orange gets shot, they really play up how like, like how painful it is because he's like screaming and rolling around in the back. It's like I. Usually people are just like in movies nowadays, like oh god, it hurts. But now he is like sitting there rolling around, like Aah. it's literally like watching a wrestling match. It's really he, he sells <laughs> the hell out of that. Yeah, that's an interesting way to sell getting shot in the stomach. He's selling it like he's got a really really bad stomach ache. You're right. And I've I've had those stomach aches before. Where it's oh just yeah. Like, we, oh, you can't sit like, still. Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah, kind of move around. You're trying, you're trying to find a place that's like okay, is it good here? No, here, go here. It's like. It's like a gas bubble moving around in you. It's like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what to do here. So let's see. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, everyone fucking dies. Like, like that. There's a shootout, like, you know, over like, who's the, who's the rat. And realistically, Mr. Orange survives to like through that. He's sitting there. He's got the gunshot from like a, yeah. so, from some civilian who he acts, who he <clears> shoots <throat> as well. And he realized like, oh, I fucked up. I, I just shot some chick who shot me. Yeah. But um, he had to, he was deep undercover, deep undercover. That's how that works. And, um, but then, like, just as, like, Harvey Keitel's holding him, it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And it's like, the police are coming. Like, Steve Buscemi's out, outside with the diamonds getting, like, chased down and shot. You hear that? <laughs> yeah, I know. That sucks. Huh? It's like, I love that. He's the only one with the sense to die for cover. So, I, yeah, I'm the, uh, when I was a kid, when I, well, not when I was a kid, but when I was, like, a teenager and I saw that film, I thought Steve Buscemi um, got away. Yeah, me too. But then I was listening to the ba- the background and yeah, it's like. Oh, he's, he's super dead. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, freeze. It's like. Not over my dead body. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, you got me. You got me. <laughs> I'm dead. I I'm have Steve been... Buscemi's character, everybody. <laughs> Mr. Pink, <laughs> and I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> that is what's happening here. <laughs> I like the use of, we love the use of uh, diegetic music for the stuck in the middle spit. Yeah. Like, oh, diegetic. That's our favorite movie word, apparently. But I don't, it, the music does stop. When, at a certain point, though, and I don't know why it just stops. Because he, he go, turns the music off. He I does. Think, I think so. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Michael well, uh, Michael Madsen's character turns the music off. I, I think. think so. Yeah. Because the the guy's like, don't stop, don't don't do that. But anyway, you were saying uh, uh, a <clears throat> the yeah, very end scene. Yeah, Mister Orange. He's sitting there like <clears throat> he's like dying, and the police are coming, and Harvey Keitel's got a gun with him. He's like holding him, and he's like, I'm a cop. Like, <laughs> why why do you know you're so close to getting out of it if you just like if they just been like okay give up it's fine we'll go to prison we'll live for another day and then they arrest him it's like oh by the way then you say hey i'm a cop but no he had to say it while he still had a loaded gun in his hand yeah i know and it's just I, I guess everyone had to die for it to be kind of a tragedy at the end 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Mr. Orange, he could have survived, though. I'm I not think, sure yes. if he quite sure if he died. Oh, I no, he died because that's the first shot that went out was into his head. Oh, was it? And then the cops shot him. Oh. That's why there's a single gunshot followed by a bunch of them. He's sitting there yeah. like he's sitting there slowly pulling the gun up to his head and he's like, because eh, so... he just like this guy fooled him into like shooting his friend. He's like the one with the second best relationship with uh, these mob mob bosses. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that listen, this was uh, to me. Uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I watched uh, it twice. It's a good, it's a good film. Um, it feels very like a. It's very cheaply made, not in a bad way. They like literally you, spent <clears throat> somewhere between one point two and three million, and they made two point eight. So they basically and that was just paying everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think I think it's like somebody owned a bunch of like film equipment, and so they didn't have to like. That's only one sixth of the cost of the room. Well, yeah, because the director, yeah, and also the director was also the, uh, was was also one of the actors. He was also probably the writer. So he really cut a lot of costs there. And it seems like something. It seems like a first film. It seems like something you would do. It's like these guys. They're doing a heist, and you're getting. It's more of like a character movie. Yeah. And there's they're going on this little adventure, and there's like you know there's arguments between them, and they're being tough guys to each other. Yep. And it's just like uh, it's very it's kind of a fun little. Right. Yeah, I I did notice. Yeah, there there was a little bit of uh like filmmaking that like or like how they used chose to like change scenes like when um nice guy Eddie was was introduced or when when he like said hi to uh Mr. Blonde, it seemed kind of like a jarring cut from there to bam right there just as he's starting to speak. Like another like a, a more seasoned filmmaker would like transition that better. That was a little jarring to me. Yeah. So I think this was very much his like yeah very much a very early like film for him. And it shows in some ways. Yeah, and it would be it's just the style, the the type of film that it is, like the locations and like yeah. kind of the, it's not like big, grand explosions and stuff. It's very tight. Yeah. Centered. So it seems like a good first film to do. <clears throat> so what's cool Story. about this that I'm reading right here in the production information on the Wikipedia page is that basically Harvey Keitel is the person that gave uh, Quentin Tarantino his break. Because Tarantino was working at a video store in Manhattan Beach and was that just going to shoot yeah. the film on like a shoestring budget, $30,000 in 16 millimeter black and white with their producer, Lawrence Bender, playing a police officer. <clears throat> Bender gave the script to his acting teacher, whose wife gave the script to Harvey Keitel. Oh. And Keitel liked it enough that he signed as co-producer, which would help bring in a lot more um, interest. And they raised $1.5 million. And then Keitel also paid for casting sessions in New York. Oh, awesome. And that's... Oh, my goodness, I'm yawning. And that's where they found Buscemi, obviously. Buscemi's from New York. Yeah. Madsen and Tim Roth. And Tim Roth is not American, to my understanding. I think he's... So yeah, th this does show like this is like he's the British. this is like the best of the best of like you know independent movies. Yeah, he's English. So yeah, this is like yeah, it's like the best of the best of what you can get out of an independent movie. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's, they and they got really lucky. They're really lucky, and so this is like what everyone hopes for the break. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you know uh, you know what? Oh, oh. I, I think we've said. You know, I think we this anything else we're gonna start repeating ourselves. Yeah. That's fair. I am going to eat the other half of this. I'm gonna save this. Really? 
I'm gonna save this for tomorrow. I think I, my my old training guy at the at the bakery train that set showed me how you can cook one of these in the oven. So I'm gonna, I might do that. Whoa. Um, cook it in the oven. Yes, for that we use for bread, or maybe uh, not. So you're taking it to work. Yeah. To cook it at work. Yeah. In the oven that's yeah. used for bread for customers. Yeah. That's concerning. Your face is concerning. That being said, I would put mine in the freaking air fryer. Actually, <laughs> uh, I'm Spike. I'm Samantha. I'm Victor. Thanks for listening to the Transmit Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>